Wouldn't you love that old hymn just tagging it? It just felt good. By the way, have y'all ever seen um, the version that Carrie Underwood did? Oh, just done. If you've never, just don't, don't do it in the service, which it, it will bless you. It's probably better than the message. But Carrie Underwood saying how great thou art, and I just, it just, oh, mm, bless. Anyway, hey, next week we're starting a brand new series. It's going to be for two weeks. It's called How to Break the Chains of Addiction. And it's going to be, um, it's going to be really, really, really intense, really, really good. And if you're here and you're like, well, I don't struggle with addiction, I get that. But maybe you know somebody that does. Every one of us in this room have been affected by addiction. And I'm like, and people have said, well, yeah, I don't really struggle with drugs or alcohol or anything like that. You addicted to this? Okay, so we'll talk about, we won't talk about that right now. We'll talk about it next week. We'll just, we'll just get, but today, today, we're going to finish up our series, Only God Can Judge Me. And we're going to finish it up a little bit different than we normally kind of do church. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, let me start by going all the way back to the 11th grade. It's when I first got interested in weightlifting. And the reason I got interested in weightlifting is because I discovered the guys with muscles attracted girls. And I liked girls, so I thought I'll get some muscles. Um, still working on that after like 30-something years. But I went to the gym, and it was kind of like, a, like all the guys after school, we would always go to the gym. And we would lift, and if somebody said they were going for a personal best, we would all kind of gather around the, the weight bench and watch them try to lift or whatever. And so when I started, I was pretty weak. I couldn't lift that much, but my goal, my goal, I just wanted to get 225, 225. Now, if you're a, a person that's been to the gym, you understand 225 is 245-pound weights on each side, right? And, and some nerd right here just went, well, technically, that's not 245 because, it's, okay, the, the bar weighs 45. So it's, it's 225, 225, 225, two, anyway, forget it. So I just wanted to get 225 pounds, and I worked up from 185 to 215. I finally got a 225. 225 was going to try it, and I never will forget that day because I told everybody, hey, I'm going to try for 225 today. Lesson learned. Never tell anybody when you're going to do something. Just tell them after you did it. And so because people kind of gathered around the bench, and I don't know if you've seen guys in gyms, but we do weird things. Like we go, it never helps, but we kind of do it, I think. I don't know. We, and I kind of got my arms. Now, I got really long arms, which makes it incredibly difficult for me to do a bench press. So I get 225, and I bring it down. I, I, I didn't cheat. I touched my chest, and I'm coming back up. And when I got here, my chest said, I'm done. And, and so it came crashing down on my chest, and I was like, get it. And so a couple of my friends were like, hey, man, you'll get it next time. A couple of my friends were kind of laughing and joking. I was just, I, when you get embarrassed, you kind of want to go off by yourself. So I went off by myself in the locker room, and I sat there for a few minutes going, God, that stunk. It's horrible. And a guy named Phil walked in. Now, let me tell you about Phil. Phil was a man of few words. I'd never heard him really talk. And he was humongous. When I say humongous, I'm not talking Golden Corral humongous. I'm talking about he had, he lived in the gym and bench-pressed Kia's humongous. That's what I'm talking about. And he walked up to me and said, so, didn't get your weight today. I was like, no, Captain Obvious, I didn't. I actually didn't say that to him at all. I said, no, sir, I didn't because he was huge. I was like, no, sir. He said, you know what? You're going to try it again tomorrow, and you're going to get it. I was like, well, Phil, um, what, what happened was I, I didn't get it, and, and so you're supposed to wait for like a week. And he goes, no, 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 no. You're going to get it tomorrow. You're going to try it tomorrow, and you're going to get it because I'm spotting you. 
and no one that I've ever spotted has ever missed their weight. I was like, okay, well, good. So the next day, I didn't tell anybody. Um, I just went in, found Phil. He wasn't hard to find. Um, he came over, and I, you know, he was he was spotting me. I got the weight. I touched my chest. And I'm coming back up, and Phil, all he did, all he did was he took two fingers and just put it under the bar. And for some reason in my mind, I went, Poof. and and I was like. Oh, my gosh. I looked at him and said, you, you pulled up. the." He goes, I can't lift it with two fingers, which I think he could have. But he was like, I can't lift that with two fingers. And it, it was, I've never forgotten that because I was, like, trying for something. I didn't make it. I failed. I felt dejected. I go in the gym. I'm sitting there. But somebody noticed and took the time to walk into the gym and say, hey, I know you tried. I know it didn't work press on. And I think that's the message. I don't think, I know that's the message I want everybody here and everybody online to leave with today. That no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how crazy things may have seemed to get, to, to have gotten, I believe that God wants us to hear this message today. Press on. I know life's tough, but press on. I know circumstances are crazy, but press on. And I get that from this guy that we meet in the scriptures by the name of the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul, when we first meet him, he's not an apostle. In fact, he's not even a Christian. In fact, he's killing Christians. So, so if you're here and you're not a Christian, you've got something in common with the guy that wrote this. Because the first time we meet him in Scripture, he, and, and what's amazing is he writes this church in Philippi. And this is what he says to the church. He said, not that I have already obtained all this. Now, pause for a second. Have you ever felt not good enough spiritually? Like, you don't quite measure up. Like, some, like there, there are other people out there that are way godlier than you. Have you ever felt like that? Um, if, if not, this is probably not your church. Um, but I've, I've felt like that. you felt like we've all felt like that. Well, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the guy that wrote most of the New Testament. This is the guy who um, healed sick people. This is the guy that brought people back from the dead. Now, I've met some godly people, but I've never met anybody pulled off that trick. And the Apostle Paul said, not that I have already obtained this. In other words, I'm not there yet. I'm not where I need to be. So if you feel like you're not where you need to be, then you're in good company. Because the, the Apostle Paul said that. He said, not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on. To take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He said, I press on. He said, I hadn't gotten there yet, but I'm not discouraged by that. I'm going to keep pressing on. Then he says this, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. We'll talk about this next week, forgetting what is behind, because a lot of us, in order to step into our destiny, we got to step out of our history, and we'll talk more about that next week. But he goes on to say in verse 14, I press on. He says it a second time. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I believe every week that we get together, my hope and my prayer for our church is that when we walk out these doors, we walk out this door, these doors with the mentality of, no matter what I'm going through, I can press on. Now, it's difficult because we live in a crazy world. And it's especially difficult, I don't know about you, but it's especially difficult for me on the weekends to focus on Jesus, which is crazy because I'm the pastor. If anybody should be focused on Jesus on the weekends, it's the pastor. And it, 
like a few months ago, it was super easy, but then I bought a dog. <laughs> and, and, and the dog, Chance is, one of these days, I, people are like, when are you going to bring Chance out? One of these days. Because right, right now, I'm not going to do it, because sometime about Saturday morning, um, there's a story in the scriptures where a legion of demons leaves a guy and runs into the pigs. They found my dog because they possess Chance every single Saturday. He's great during the week, and he poops and he pees everywhere Saturday and Sunday. And I've had people push back going, oh, that's cute. Oh, really? Let me come take a crap on your kitchen table and see how cute that is, right? <laughs> call it cute. It's weird. So I'm, I'm trying to, like, get him situated. Get, and I'm chasing him. I'm calling him names. I'm trying to get him. And it's so frustrating because... Especially when something goes crazy on Sunday morning. Isn't it, isn't it funny how judgmental we can get in the church parking lot? In fact, we can go from pressing on in our walk with Christ to pressing in on other people. And, and, and when we press into other people, we lose sight of what God wants to do in our lives. In fact, if we show up with a bad attitude in the church parking lot... Sometimes our church parking lot experience can look just like this right here. Jesus, I am late for church. I'm just going to speak this parking spot into existence right now. Just name it and claim it, Jesus. Oh, for heaven's sakes, use the crosswalk. I, okay, I have the fruit of the Spirit, but y'all need to move. Ooh, she is going to wear that into your... Bounce your eyes. Bounce your eyes. Jesus, give me a miracle. I need a ram in the thicket. I love this church. It's just like, come as you are. You know what I'm saying? How do I look, though? Does the jacket go with the shirt? Oh, good Lord. Guests, single parents, expected mother. Who doesn't have a parking spot these days? I have been here 27 years. I deserve respect. Oh, yeah, go ahead, take my parking spot. She, listen, she probably needs Jesus more than me, honestly. Use your mirror. How long does it take to back out of a... Jesus, give me strength. This is so... Str honestly, there better be coffee. There better be coffee. Y'all are going to make me park in a handicap spot. Oh, look, there go the homeschoolers. I swear if somebody took the last jelly donut, I will. Don't make me get out of the... Oh, move hey, are that you on the ministry team? Not today, okay? Oh, you're going to drive a Lexus? Okay, I know where your treasure's at. Not in heaven. The sermon series is what? Putting others in front of yourself. Oh, this doesn't apply to me. I mean, for heaven's sakes, move out of the road. Look at this truck. Where are you going? A church or a Trump rally? Finally found a parking spot 15 minutes late. Oh, it is way too cold out here, but you better bring a shuttle or I will watch this service online. <laughs> Has that ever been you in the church parking lot, huh? It's funny, though, when we, show up, when we show up with an expectant heart, we can receive, but when we show up with a non-expectant heart, sometimes things can go south really quick, right? And in this series, we've been talking about judging others versus, and in fact, remember week one, we talked about what Jesus said in Matthew 7. He said, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and not look at the plank in your own eye? It's so easy to judge other people though you can't even go i discovered this you can't even go to the grocery store without being judged just uh three weeks ago i was at the grocery store i, I go to the same grocery store i'm not gonna tell y'all where i go because some of y'all would judge me for that and i but i go through the same grocery store I, I have a little pattern and i'm i'm getting my halo top ice cream praise god and i'm getting my halo top and I'm getting ready to leave, and this woman cuts me off in the grocery, and, and I don't know her. I, I do not know this lady. I don't know who she is, um, and she looks at me, 
and she, she looks in my buggy, which I feel like that's kind of personal, right, to look in somebody's grocery. And, and, then, and then she looks at me, and she looks at my buggy, and she goes, why you got that? And it was granola. And I was like, because I like granola. And she was like, well, you know, those are on sale. I was like, what is going? And then I looked and noticed she had a lot of cat food in her buggy. And I was like, oh, I get it. I understand now. But <laughs> see, see what I judged her. See what I did there? But we judge other people because it's easier to point out. Like, it's easier, it's easier to see the flaw in other people than it is to actually stop and look in the mirror and see what's going on in our own lives. In fact, I found this thing, I found this other thing online that was really interesting that kind of reminded me um, in a very real way to look at the plank in my eye rather than the speck in my brother's eye. Isn't that great? You know, unfortunately, in especially America today, the church, we're, we're more known for what we're against than what we're for. And the reason we're more known for what we're against is because we spend so much time looking out the window, judging other people. When Jesus said, check your heart, get your heart right before you try to start telling other people how to live their lives, how much better would the world be if we just took that thing that Jesus said and applied it? It, it really would be amazing. But because of judgment, because of condemnation, it literally robs the joy of so many people. There are people in this room that you've had your joy robbed or stolen from you 
because of other people's opinion about you. I, I discovered this the hard way. Um, I, back in 2005, 2006, when I first got involved in this thing called social media. Now, I missed MySpace. I didn't really understand what that was about, um, but I, so I missed it. Did anybody get in on MySpace? Was anybody? Okay, okay, yeah. See, those are the early adopters right there. I, I was clueless, but I got in on this thing called Twitter, um, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is a way to communicate to the world, and I discovered something. I discovered something on Twitter and later on Facebook and Instagram. Everybody doesn't like me, and everybody doesn't like what I say, and everybody doesn't like what I do. And I was like, oh, my gosh, And because I thought everybody liked me. So I just thought for years and years and years, and some of us are in that same pattern, that if I do more and I try harder and I try to meet with these people or whatever, that they'll like me. But you know what? Some people aren't going to like you or they aren't going to approve of you no matter what you do. And when that happens, what do you do? You do what God's called you to do. I, this really stood out to me when I was kind of watching some of the blind auditions for The Voice, and this audition took place. Watch this. Now that it's all over, all I can do is wish you well. The one question that I had when I showed this video to different people in preparation for this, merit, this message is, why didn't, why didn't Kelly turn around? How many of you wondered that? How many of you saw, like, why didn't, how many of you would have hit the button? Like, I'm hitting that button. Like, and those of you who don't have your hands raised, you don't like music because that guy, that guy can sing. And when you, when you throw B.B. King in there, that's, that's anyway, a whole other message. Whole nother, I'm, I'm just saying, when I saw that, one of the top questions is, why didn't Kelly turn around. And then and then he goes on to select the coach. By the way, he selected Blake. And so as soon as he selects Blake, Jennifer and Adam turn against him. Look, look, Adam's like, "Woo, you're awesome. You didn't select me. You suck." Like this this is how the world treats us right here sometimes. But what I love about it is it never affected his performance. 
that he got on stage and he did what he was supposed to do and he did it well. He did it while people were turning around and he did it while people weren't turning around. He gave it his best effort and people that liked it, they could like it. And people that didn't like it, they didn't have to like it. But at the end of the day, he knew he gave it his best shot, which is what we're called to do as followers of Christ. Paul, who wrote about pressing on, also said this in Galatians 1.10, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I still trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. There are people here today and watching online that you're absolutely miserable. But the reason you're miserable has nothing, with what, has nothing to do with what's going on inside of you. It has everything to do with what's going on around you. Because you're really consumed with other people liking you. Other people that don't even know you. Fanboy182 on Facebook left a negative comment and it ruined your day. Who cares about Fanboy182? The question is, are you doing what God has called you to do? Because if you do, you might have to disappoint somebody. You might have to disappoint a friend. You might have to disappoint a family member. But at the end of the day, why in the world would you strive for the approval of people that are eventually going to disapprove of you anyway? The best way to ensure that you're miserable is wear yourself out trying to make other people happy. Now, that doesn't give us permission to be a jerk. What it does is it gives us permission to fulfill God's calling on our life. Because show me somebody in Scripture that fulfilled God's calling and had the approval of everyone. Now, I know what some people say when it comes to doing this. It's like, well, Perry... You don't understand my situation. I have fallen flat on my face um, in life. Like, I, I screwed up. I made a mistake. And I just don't know if I can recover from this. First of all, I understand better than you think I would. Second of all, if you fell down, the best thing to do is get back up. Now, if you fall down, you can get people to feel sorry for you. You can get people to talk about what a tragedy is in your life. Or you can get back up. And not just get back up and dust yourself off, but get back up and keep running the race. That several years ago, there was, um, I think it was over a decade ago, the Big Ten Championship, they have a 600-meter relay. That's three times around the track. And there was a girl named Heather that was favored to win the race. But something happened in the race that still to this day is one of the most phenomenal accomplishments in athletics ever. And the quality isn't as great on this video, but I want you to see it because I want you to see, I want you to see this for yourself, and then I'll circle back around and talk about it. The 600 meter underway, Heather Dornard in Minnesota finished second this fact a year ago. She was in lane four. And Dornan is probably going to be your favorite. She actually won the NCAA championships in 2006 in the 800, but she only won one Big Ten championship in the two years. Three laps in this event, 600 meters, three times around the 200 meter track here at the Fieldhouse. What a bold move by Fallon. She's looking very confident, and the Penn State runner is just running amazing today. She did win her heat in the 400, but ended up taking fourth overall. That's Fawn Dorr moving into the lead, a sophomore from Penn State. Dornard in running second. 
Dornan last year scored 23 points for the Golden Gophers in their Big Ten Championship. So they're really relying on getting a lot of points from her this weekend. And she's just coming by Fondor now in the home stretch, heading into the Bell Rock. Dornan falling down gets up quickly, but that's going to cost her. Lucky she wasn't injured. Her teammate just went to the front, though, so they may be able to recover from that. And Dornan is flying down the back stretch. She is catching up. She is going to catch Fondor, and she may catch the leader. Wow. But she's got five. This is a gutsy effort by Dornan. Can't she pull it off? She's moving to third. Dornan coming down the stretch from the outside. Dornan coming out strong. That is amazing. To, to fall in a 600, I mean, this is basically a sprint. I mean, this is an ex Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. That she could have fallen and just laid there. And you know what? Everybody in the crowd would have been like, man, that's, that's awful. But she didn't just lay there. She got back up. So if she'd have got back up and just started jogging, everybody in the, the it would have been a courtesy applause. But she had what I call the power of adrenaline. Can you imagine falling in front of that many people, just the adrenaline surge that runs through your body? And because of the power of adrenaline, she didn't just fall down and get back up. She actually won the race. So my question is, if Heather Dorenden can accomplish winning that race with the power of adrenaline, then what could you and I accomplish with the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us who brought Jesus back from the dead? We will sit and applause for something like this, but we don't think that we're able to do that. With the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us, if we are followers of Christ, that's why the apostle Paul went on to say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all of this who gives me strength. So I, if you've fallen, get back up. All of us fall. Some people choose to stay down. Some people choose to get back up and run. At the end of the day, if you've fallen... I believe God wants you to press on. Stop making excuses and start making a difference. Now, people push back on this, and they say, well, Perry, you, you don't understand my circumstances. And you're right. I don't. I don't. In fact, I, I would be willing to bet if I were to give you the microphone and let you explain the circumstances as to why maybe you've given up on your walk with Christ or you're not pressing on, you're just kind of in cruise control or you've let judgment shut you down or you've let things, listen, there are some people in this room or online that if you, if you were to share your story, we would all just be heartbroken with you. But at the end of the day, there's too many examples in scripture and in real life of people that would not allow circumstances to hold them back. This last video that I'm going to show you is from a, from a lady named Mandy Harvey. And I'll, I've cried every time I've seen this video. I, I tried to desensitize myself to it today. I watched it so many times, and it didn't, it didn't work. But talk about somebody that was willing to overcome circumstances. And some of the things that she says is just phenomenal. I want you to watch this, and we'll wrap it up. Hello. Hi, how are you? And what's your name? Uh, Mandy Harvey. And who's this? My interpreter. What's your name? Sarah. Nice to meet you, Sarah. Nice to meet you, you, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Doing well, thank you. Hello. 
Okay, Mandy, so I think I've worked this out. So you're deaf? Yes, I, I lost all my hearing when I was 18 years old. Wow, and how old are you now? Uh, 29, so it's 10 years. Wow. And Mandy, how did you lose your hearing, if you don't mind me asking? I have a connective tissue disorder, so basically I got sick and my nerves deteriorated. Growing up, the only thing I wanted to do was sing. I ended up going to school for vocal music education so that I, I could have that be my life. When I was in college, I thought I had an ear infection, and it just got worse and worse. And by Christmas, I was borderline legally deaf in both ears. There was one day where the teacher was going to play the piano, and I had to chart out everything that he was playing. And I had my pencil ready, and everybody else's pencils start moving, and I'm just waiting for the test to start. And then one by one, Every person just got up and left the room. And I just, I didn't hear enough to, to even start the test. That was the last day I was a part of music program. That was a bad day. <laughs> we were sitting in the car together to come home. She said, Dad, I can't remember what your voice sounds like anymore. At that moment, you knew that um, things would never be the same. Everything that I had ever wanted was just going away, and I couldn't stop it. The music is alive inside of her. The only question was, what could she do with it now? My dad suggested that we play a song. I said, well, that's crazy, but I had a guitar tuner and I hummed my starting note and just went for it. Music now isn't about the sound, it's about the feeling. I'm excited, I'm nervous, I'm scared, so I'm just trying to... <laughs> it's not the dream that I always had. That's okay, because I showed up and I did something I never believed I could do. So, you were singing before you lost your hearing? Yeah, I've been singing since I was four. So I, I left music after I lost my hearing and then uh, figured out how to get back into singing with muscle memory, using visual tuners and trusting my pitch. So your shoes are off because you're feeling the vibration. Is that how you're following the music? Yeah, I'm feeling the tempo, the, the beat uh, through the floor. And Mandy, what are you gonna sing? I'm gonna uh, sing a song that I wrote called Try. Okay, can you tell me what it's about? After I lost my hearing, I gave up, but I want to do more with my life than just give up. So. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Good for you. Okay, well look, this is your moment and good luck. Uh, okay.
Andy, I don't think you're going to need a translator for this. That phrase, I wanted to do more with my life than just give up. Me too. Me too. When, when you fall on your face or when circumstances seem to be pressing against you, you can quit. But I think God's called us to more. That's why Paul said, Philippians chapter 4, our Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on. Instead of letting the world press us down, we press on towards what Jesus has called us to do because there's way too much life left for us to live. So I'll ask you this question, and don't answer out loud, but which, which, which video really stood out to you the most? Was it the, I need to quit looking out the window at other people and kind of take a glance at myself? Was it, you know, I've fallen down and I need to get back up? Was it, I need to quit performing for other people and actually become who God's called me to be? Or was it, you know what, circumstances are great, but God is greater. I don't know what it is that God maybe spoke to you, but I know this, you weren't here today by accident. He's, he wants you to press on. With that in mind, can we stand? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for so many examples in the scriptures and so many examples in life today of people that have faced overwhelming circumstances and been willing to press on. Father, I know there are people in this room watching online, God, that are going through some incredibly difficult, just crushing times. And I pray that right now, Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, you'll speak hope into our lives. That we, we, we can do, we can do all things. That we can do what you have called us to do. And we won't give up, but God will press on. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if God spoke to you today, I mean, he spoke to you in a very real way, and you know you need to press on, but there's something you've got to get past or something you've got to overcome, then we're here as a church. We want to encourage you. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. And so if you today, if one of those stories or the scripture really stood out to you and you're like, I need someone to pray with me or for me, then right now, without even looking around, I want you to just step out of your aisle and walk out the back door. There are four exits in the back, and we have a care team back there, and they would love to meet you, pray with you, pray for you. If you're having a difficult time right now overcoming anything, and there are people moving, so you feel the freedom to go ahead and do that. 
If you're in the middle of a row, that's fine. People, people will get out of the way. People will step back and let you go. I want you today, today, if God spoke to your heart, to be willing to talk to somebody about that because you don't have to be the person that fell down and didn't get back up. You don't have to be the person that lives for the approval of others. There, listen, there are people moving. So if you're a Christian, you just pray. If, if you don't need to go, that's great. But for the people that need to respond, I want to provide time. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, maybe you're here and you have never asked Jesus into your life. You've never asked Christ to come in and be just Lord. You've never given your life to Christ. And if that's you here today and you want to be able to do not just do what you saw on the screen, but more, you want Jesus to come into your life, you want to surrender your life to Christ, then I want to invite you right now, right where you're standing or watching online to pray and ask Jesus to come in. Just right now in your heart, just ask him. Just say, Jesus Christ, I commit my life to you. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave. Right now, I'll receive you into my life. In your name, I pray. With head still bowed and eyes still closed, if you just prayed to receive Christ, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to pray for you, but I want to know who you are. But, and, by, and, and the way you let me know that you did that is you, you just raise your hand right where you're standing. You just raise your hand. Just put it up real high. If you're online, you hit the hand raise emoji. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. All day today, you have changed lives. May we walk out of here, Lord, encouraged. Encouraged that we really can do everything because you give us strength. That nothing is impossible and no circumstance is greater than you. Things over our heads are still under your feet. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great week. We'll see you all next Sunday.